This is far from a how-to kind of episode, my dear Quiet Rebel, because my special guest and I were having a very open and transparent conversation of the, not the do's and don'ts, but kind of like what we did and what we learned from (laughs) sort of thing when it comes to hiring a team. And we go far beyond the skills that we require for certain positions. And if anything, it's really about rehumanizing this process again, because if you've ever had a, you know, a job when you are applying for it and you're sending in your CV, you're crossing your fingers, hoping for the best that you're going to be one of the chosen few for an interview. We really bring that process to light and how we actually humanize the process again by asking questions beyond their skill capability, but actually their personal capability. And I really hope that you love this conversation today because I certainly did. And this is really going against this notion that business isn't personal. I mean, who ever said that seriously? Who ever said that, oh, it's it's not personal, it's just business. And guess what? A business is made up of people. You're a human being, your clients and customers are human beings, and your team members are human beings. So let's treat them like that. So please join me for this awesome conversation with Daniel Lam. Hello, my lovelies. This is May Kay Sang, your podcast guesting strategist and mentor, cat lover, and the proud host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. This is the place for experts on the rise who are finally ready to stop playing small and to start showing up as the leader they've always been. And contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. You've always been the type to see things differently and you've always chosen another pathway if the one laid out in front of you just doesn't align with your way of life. You're not alone in this. So to help you on your journey, I'm bringing conscious conversations to the table with myself and guest experts who will help you with the inner work that needs to be done in order to make a positive impact on the world with what you do. I see you. And now it's time to hear you, my friend. So please welcome to The Quiet Rebellion. Hello, my lovely Quiet Rebels. I'm so excited to have our special guest on the show today because if you've ever heard the phrase, it's not personal, it's just business. And there's something inside of you that feels really off. (laughs) I mean, whenever I've heard that, I think, why though? Because businesses are made up of people. No matter what ranking you are, whether you're the CEO or whether you're, you know, the person starting out from the very beginning, you are a human being. So why is it that businesses have been dehumanized over time? That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. How to re- kind of like build in that humane feeling again. And it starts with the people that you attract and, you know, hire on to your team. So that's why I'm super excited to have the one and only Daniel Lam on to the show today because he's a dear friend of mine and we've really been able to work together and he was so excited to have this conversation because he's all about people. He is like he is the CEO of Holland Creative where he works with coaches and course creators 
not only does he build marketing engines to tell their story and sell their story, he's really tapped into this ritualistic side of his business where he's focusing so much on being able to bring out who he truly is and be able to extend that towards the people that he serves. And he's very conscious of the people that he works with, not only his clients, but also his team members. And I really want to have this conversation today because with my own team, I love that we all have a designated Pokemon <laughs> that we all abide by. Like I'm Pikachu, um, one of my team members, Annie, she is Ditto, and my other team member, Lindsay, she is Charmander. And I love that we have that synergy. We can talk about anime, we can talk about all the things, but it's not just about interests, but it's also about the alignment of our values. And these are the people that I want to uplift in the world. And this is what Daniel and I are going to be speaking about today. So Daniel, thank you so much for coming on to the Quiet Rebels podcast. Thank you so much for having me, May Kay. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yes. Oh my goodness, Daniel. I feel like we're kindred spirits because just before in the green room, we were talking about being old souls. We talked about the Akashic Records and these are conversations that are likely to happen on the podcast later on down the line this year. But Daniel, I would love to hear before we get into your special E-squared framework, which when you ran it by me earlier, I was so blown away and I'm so excited to get into it. But when, uh, before we get into that, I'd love to, for our audience to get to know you better. So how did you really start getting into this? When did this start becoming something that was a forefront focus for you to, to talk about? Well, first of all, I think we need to rewind a little bit um, because I was born a small squirtle. <laughs> in the universe. I really love that Pokemon character. I don't know a ton about Pokemon, but Squirtle is the cutest little guy I've ever seen. He is very cute. Um, Big sparkly eyes. So <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Little turtles, slow moving, old, kind of like the old soul thing. Yeah. But you know, before before I started on this path of really getting into more people driven, people strategy focused business. I had a really wandering path through my life and in, and through my business. I grew up in a really strange kind of environment. Um, I was the the son of um, two moms and grandparents. Uh, we had a very blended family. Growing up, I was surrounded and not really a lot of male role models. So. Um, not that that's a, a bad thing at all. I just have a very different, I think, approach to being in the world than a lot of other men do. And so that's informed a lot of the, the ways of being that I've adopted in my careers and in, in my life. So when I first started my business, the easiest thing to do was to remodel the systems I came from. So like the marketing agency world, which is really transactional and really chaotic. And after a certain point of growth and after a certain point of having good clients and having difficult clients, some patterns started to emerge around the things going on in my own life and then the things going on in my business. And I really discovered that First, I needed to solve some mindset issues around what I wanted to create in the world, what sort of impact I wanted to create. 
And when one is in a scarcity mindset of like, I just need to pay my bills, I just need blah, dot, 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 the ends justify the means. But once you get to a place where you're not so worried about making ends meet, the means are so much more important. You know, a lot of lights get turned on. And so having had that opportunity to take a little step back and start to think about, you know, what do I really want to make? What do I really want to do? One of the first people I came across was a people strategy coach. And she taught me about creating a value-based business and creating uh, a culture and how to actually go about that. And so it has to start with me. You know, it's my business. I'm the, the leader here. And so how do I operate? Who do I operate with and who do I serve? Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of what got me thinking about how could I better understand a way to move forward? Is there a way to systematize being in in alignment with your values? Is there a way to systematize coming up with a way to find the right people and to create the right environment to make meaningful work happen? Mm, I I love that you found a people strategy coach. I've never heard of that ever. <laughs> so I love that you that you managed to find one and now it's become a forefront focus for you in your business. Like you can obviously do all the things, like you can do the deliverables, you can do the strategy, but it's fueled by so much meaning. And I love that. So Daniel, how can we get started with doing that? I know you have an amazing framework that you have for us that has a couple of layers to it, but yeah, how can we get started with that? Because if 2020 has shown us anything, it's that it's not enough to have a great product that gets results anymore. It's about the person who creates it. It's the, it's, you know, all of the love and the energy that's gone into making it and what does it stand for? What's the message behind it? What are we upholding or what are we choosing to shut the door on? So how can we get started with, you know, um, our own people strategy? That's a great question. And I would say that there's so much context you could dive into and so deep you could go with this if you consider absolutely every factor, you know, of impact, you know, whether that's ecological, personal, emotional, social, cultural. So the first thing I would say is take it easy when you get started, because the last thing we want to do is to get overwhelmed and either make a gut, like a a jump decision or give up. But really the first piece of the E-squared framework, well, let me define the E-squared framework first. It's called E-squared for a reason. It's about endorsing and empowering others. Whether we're talking about our clients that we work for or the people that we hire into our business, as a business owner, we have decided, whether consciously or unconsciously, to endorse these people because they are now part of our brand. And we're giving them work. We're offering them an opportunity to make a living. So we are empowering them, provided that it's an equitable situation. So really, how do we get to the point of endorsing the right people and empowering them? Well, it has to start with us and understanding our own energy and how we empathize with others. How do we connect with other people? Mm. When we meet a person, whether that's online, 
vis-a-vis on Zoom or in in real life, masked or socially distant these days. <laughs> we get we we catch some vibes, right? Yeah. You know, like you either get it's like yes, like the magic eight ball. Like I like this person, I don't like this person, or I'm not sure yet. Those are like <laughs> kind of the three the three buckets, right? When you first encounter a new person, and so. I think it really comes down to getting honest about like, what kind of person am I and what sort of energies do I want to bring into my business? And so for me, a couple of tactical examples would be, I, I have the capacity to be very tactical, but I'm also kind of aloof and dreamy. And so I found an OBM who understood that about me and who was able to stop that gap, you know, meet that need in the business to be that person who could totally meet me where I was at, but then also help me systematize, create better processes, and ultimately create a more cohesive culture for the people that work in the business. And so finding those, finding those sort of puzzle pieces that work together. You know, you you can't have Mm -hmm. all outside puzzle pieces with flat edges. You need all Mm -hmm. the different shapes. And so kind of understanding where you're at and looking to the left and to the right and around you to figure out what's going to serve you, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of, what kind of energy? And so uh, like an example of that would be, um, you know, how to deal with confrontation, for instance. Mm You know, um, if you're not really good at confrontation or holding people accountable, then maybe, you know, having an operations person would be an asset to make you stronger as a business person and probably to shepherd you along in your own journey too. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have to ask, how did you, like what kind of questions or even in the job description that you use perhaps to, you know, let people know that you're hiring an OBM, what did you do to go beyond the skills that you're looking for and actually into the person? So full disclosure, the the person that I hired as my OBM was a contractor that I hired to do some work in HoneyBook for me. So we do all of our... Um, intake and our payment processing through HoneyBook. And I wanted to create a more fluid system that was a little bit more holistic for my business rather than having a bunch of, you know, loose wires hanging from the ceiling, so to speak. And so she came in and she asked me a lot of good questions. Mm. And so that was the first key that this was a great person to consider. Because she asked a lot of questions. And so inquisitiveness is um, a value for me when I'm looking for people to work with. So the kind of questions that I would ask a person for a, for a gig, like an OBM gig would be around sort of how, how do you communicate? How do you communicate? How do you like to be engaged with other people? Like understanding getting a better understanding of how they tick and kind of figuring out, okay, does that, does that work with how I tick? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of it's some of it's intuitive. Again, like kind of going back to the ma- magic eight ball shake at the beginning. Like when you're on video with this person or in person, how do you feel around them? And of course, does their resume match up to the the skill set that you need? But how do mm-hmm. you feel around them, and how do you how do you see yourself relating to them on the longer term? Yeah, I. As you're talking, I'm I'm thinking about when I did hire my, um, she's she's my executive assistant right now, but she's she is like growing into the OBN role, and I remember when we first met, I couldn't put my finger on it, but there was just something about her that within a week I knew that I wanted to work with her for the long term, and eventually bring her on full time because she really understood the vision of the business, and it's like we've been working together for nine months now and that hasn't changed since, <laughs> um, since that since that feeling I just couldn't put my finger on it and of course the fact that she told me that she loved Pokemon and by the way I don't know all of the thousands of Pokemon that are there right now because there are so many generations of Pokemon now I still I, I still kind of like stick to the original 151 <laughs> in the Kanto region <laughs> anyway moving on but yeah so that was a huge thing um just feeling comfortable around each other as well that will not all work it's like I love when she tells me about her dog she loves when I talk about my sister's cats that I'm looking after right now and um I, I'm, I sent her um, a craft gift quite early on in our relationship it's because I told her that I bought this little mini um this little mini coffee house that you build pretty much from scratch you get all the pieces you just need to kind of put it all together and she told me she's an extremely crafty person and then I just wound up sending her a set as well and then it just felt so natural like she was a friend as well and we do have boundaries in place so we know when to switch to friend mode versus professional mode but yeah there's just um that feeling that you're describing is very real so trust your initial feeling of course give them the benefit of the doubt um, from the beginning because some people do take some time to get to warm up to but you know don't question that initial feeling lean into it and ask yourself why right a hundred percent a hundred percent i i have an experience where the opposite was true for me Ooh. i i hired a va um and they they were a recommendation as well from somebody that i trust um and the initial conversation was a little stilted. It didn't feel mm-hmm. quite right. At, at the same time, I didn't have any thought that this would go poorly, but I didn't have that instantaneous simpatico type of feeling. It just felt, okay, we'll have to figure this thing out. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And so after a few months of trying to make it work, we just I decided that this, this wasn't working. And, and you know, I, I never got over that feeling that something wasn't quite right. Something just mm-hmm. didn't click. And ultimately, you know, we parted ways and it just uh, kind of underlines this, this, um, this need to be more self-assured and trust our intuition because, you know, you could have two candidates that meet all your requirements that they, you know, they, they're qualified to do the job. They, understand the mechanics of what you need them to be able to do but one feels right and one doesn't Mm -hmm. and i know this is very subjective but i would say trust your intuition 
that's ah uh, I, I can't get it's because when I think about before I became a CEO when I was that person in that position you know wanting to be hired I I always hoped that even if I didn't meet the current skill requirements that they would trust me enough that I had the the attitude and you know yeah that I would just be able to figure it out because I'm very much that kind of person if I don't know how to do something then I will I will learn it I will ask how I will you know do my research and I will do all the things to make it happen so that's why I don't just look at the you know what they're saying like I don't I don't ask anyone to send me their CV when I'm hiring them or anything. I literally just ask them their experiences. And I also, a key thing for me, I always ask them about how, um, you know, what their experiences with other clients, because how they describe their other clients, um, like if they start, you know, bitching about them, then that's already a red flag for me because I'm like, True. well, if you're bitching, then like, I'm not going to be the kind of, client where they're like oh well I, you know I promise I won't be like that like I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> of course I don't want to be a bitchy client anyway but if they already show those signs of like that's how they treat people like granted if they were treated poorly I can understand their frustration but I don't think it's ever professional to do that anyway to kind of talk badly about a client um behind their back or even in front of their face <laughs> you know? completely so, agree yeah. completely agree um Abusive situations are one thing and that those should never be tolerated on mm. any level. But that just kind of triggered something in my memory uh, as well. You know, I used to be involved in a lot of hiring back when I was in the creative team in an agency. And to your point, the, the resume, after a while, they kind of all look the same mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody, everybody is trained. Everybody is you know, hard skills appropriate, but assessing soft skills is a lot of read between, reading between the lines. And to mm-hmm. your point, attitude really comes out when you get to know a person. And so, you know, like, like I mentioned, like the communication style is important. I like to ask people how they handle difficulty and how they handle yeah. conflict. And it's not really to, to get the right answer or the wrong answer. I want to hear how they relate to it emotionally, you know, um, to see what happens, to see what comes out because, you know, those are the those are the things that I think really reveal how what kind of communicator we are, you know. Once once the heat gets turned up a little bit, mm. and so even without like a formal personality assessment or um, a deep a deep understanding of every quirk, you know, you can really tell if a person has a growth mindset and they're open. Or if they are in a fixed mindset and everything is about them and they're always playing the victim. Mm. Um, and to your point, you know, lashing out at past experiences and really just kind of carrying around toxic baggage like that. Yeah. And, you know, we we all have our own baggage, but it's about how we handle that. And I think it's important to ask that question that you said about how they handle conflict, because uh, for example, yesterday, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, um, I was extremely tired and I I was very, I had a short fuse with my partner and she said to me, <laughs> she said, oh, you're quite scary when you're tired. And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> because I, you know, in my day to day life, I get eight hours 
of sleep typically every night and it never used to be the case but I've learned how important my sleep is because if I don't get it then I do have a very short fuse and I don't want to you know I don't want anyone to ever experience that not my my loved ones at home and of course not my clients and um, you know my friends and my community like no one deserves that so that's why I've taken it upon myself that oh I definitely do need to take care of myself so that those things happen and actually now that I say that I do ask my team how do you take care of yourself because I don't want them to feel like they always have to be you know just a message away like if I need them instantly I appreciate that my my team have their own lives and they have their different clients and they have their own interests and things that are happening I don't expect them to um, you know be at my beck and call nor do I um, you know try to um, ever make them feel like that that's ever part of the job description because um, I noticed that the more that I've looked out for them on a personal level I'm like hey how are you really doing like you can tell me like I am your friend as well and I've noticed that ever since doing that they're a lot more open with me not in a victim mindset but they are very honest and transparent and allows me to be the same because I'm also human and stuff goes down so I think that has been extremely important as well asking them how they take care of themselves and I also ask them how can I best reach out to you if something is up because we are all human beings (laughs) I really appreciate you bringing that up because to your point, you know, we're all human beings living in human bodies and in human lives. We're going to experience grief. We're going to experience illness. We're going to experience joy. We're going to experience success. We're going to experience loss. All of this stuff is bound to happen mm. as a result of being a human. And so understanding life's ups and downs, I think is part of being a stable leader. Um, and really empowering your people to feel like they're not, they don't need to worry about being human or worry about hiding difficulty from you because that's, Mm. that's part of the old way. You know, that's part of the, the, the historically overly patriarchal top down, really unhealthy, inhumane part of business that I frankly want no part of. Mm. So we have like those, you know, communication guidelines where it's like, hey, if we're we're not expecting a a digitally fast response, you know, I'm not going to respond to messages at certain times. Like this is marketing. It's not brain surgery. No one's going to die today, uh, you know, over uh, an email that doesn't get sent. Uh, At the same time, we have deadlines, of course, we have processes and we, we, we are accountable to those processes and values. But we conduct business in such a way that honors that life, that ability to breathe every day. And, you know, I think I'm going to start asking that question in my, uh, in my, in my vetting process of uh, what's your <laughs> self-care look like? Um, because to your point, my mood and my, you know, the way I present to the world is directly in proportion to my self-care routines mm-hmm. whether that's good or not so good yeah i i love that because 
I don't know, I just feel over the last couple of months, um, because I've had an Akashic Record reading, I've had a human sign reading, and the things that have come out every time is the fact that my business thrives and grows when I take care of myself because my business isn't a natural extension of who I am. And I understand that not everybody is like that. Um, maybe they don't have that sort of connection to their their products. Like maybe it is a part of their values, sure. But for me, it's literally like, it's like my soul, <laughs> I feel, is literally um, in my business. So they've always said to me, take care of yourself because you are your business. And I think that really, that definitely speaks to a lot of um, personal brands who are listening right now. If you have a personal brand and you are your business, then um, that's something that I highly recommend that you, that you all consider because everything we do, everything we create, the people that we choose to hire, the people who hire us, they're all a reflection of us in a way and I love that you mentioned that near the beginning Daniel the fact that um, I know that for most part of this conversation we're talking about a team but even the clients that we're choosing to endorse I mean for example a shout out to one of my VIP day clients as well like you're also one of them which is awesome and yes I also endorse you <laughs> um, like one of my clients she's a recent guest on the show her name's Karina Lawson and she has um, you know, she makes eco-friendly and sustainable planners and stationery. Even the ink she uses is is um, vegetable, um, based on like vegetable ink and not um, squid ink, for example. Um, like she's just taking those extra steps and she's being extremely mindful of the products that she puts out to, into the world because it's this an earth that we share and not everybody thinks that way. I think of all the people who say like, oh, I can do this because I can. I'm like, who cares? But there is something that I really want to drive home is the fact that there are consequences to our convenience. So being in it for the long haul means that we ask the hard questions and we sift through the difficulty. We do the hard work and the smart work so that we can really find people who really get it. And they are an extension of us and we are an extension of them. And together we collectively rise, right? Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I like the idea of being more conscious of like how we're investing money and especially with like things we consume. And I love mm -hmm. that you mentioned like an eco-friendly client. You know, one of the values that that we have in our business is promoting people who believe in mental health awareness, who believe mm -hmm. in LGBTQ rights, who believe yeah. that Black Lives Matter. So you know, one of the things that we do is we like to support local black owned businesses when we send out client onboarding gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, if it's a client who loves coffee or tea, there are a couple of companies here in Atlanta that we buy from and send and send their way. And uh, it's always, it's always great to sort of fold in values into our everyday practices like that. And, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be some some junk from Amazon, right? It can be yeah. just two step two steps more thoughtful, and it's something that's impacting real people and real communities, and so in a small way. Yes, 
and I'm extremely mindful of Amazon now. I was like, oh, it's so convenient. And I'm, I need to cancel my Prime account because uh, my mentor, for example, um, she told us about this very early on in our mentorship program. It's got nothing to do with business. Well, actually, yes, it does. Yes, it does, actually. <laughs> it's got something to do with business because she was talking about this as well, that, you know, we are upholding, um, you know, certain companies by continuously buying from them. But, uh, you know, a company like Amazon, they try to buy out a lot of um, small independent stores. And when they say no, they find competing products sell at a lower price. And eventually that store goes out of business or they actually give in and actually let themselves be bought by Amazon. And, you know, we're upholding that company by continuously buying from them, even if we're just not buying anything, but we're holding a prime account that is you know, that speaks to what we believe in. And it's a very, very hard pill to swallow because again, ah, oh, the convenience, but all oh, the consequence that comes along with it. So that's something. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly looking at this box um, that I have on my desk and it says the word conscious on it. Because, <laughs> and I feel like I've put it there for a reason. So I'm like conscious, conscious, conscious. And um, yeah, so I think it just, I love what you said that every action, is it layers um you know every like yeah it's like our values are represented through what we do every action that we take um who we buy from who we hire um who hires us it's just all intertwined isn't it 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah so daniel i know that we actually gone through only one layer of your e-squared method so you talked about you know, choosing people to empower and endorse by just really getting to know them, who they are, what they stand for. So what's the other layer? So the other layer is around the impact of our decisions and the cultural impact of those decisions. So for me, my position in the universe is to be a straight white man, um, which comes with some baggage obviously as you know the historical representation of the patriarchy and so my decisions as a person living life as a white man are colored by privilege right so am i holding the door open for people using the privilege that was granted to me by society or am i closing the doors you know um so part of my vision for my business is to always be opening doors for people, you know? So my, my staff is predominantly non-male. Um, we have a lot of women. Um, we have a couple of guys. Um, it's definitely not all straight white men. And, you know, as we grow, it really is my hope and my goal to, open more doors for more people, you know, um, as best I can. And when it comes to things like hiring VAs from other countries to make sure that we're never creating an exploitative relationship with another person, first and foremost, we want to be transparent and honest and create opportunity that is wholesome for others. I think that's beautiful, Daniel. Thank you so much for not only acknowledging your privilege 
um, but also knowing how you can use it in a way to open doors to people mm -hmm. who have otherwise just had closed doors in their faces when it came to opportunities that haven't been given in in, in an equal way so I love how you've acknowledged that and just see the good that you can do with your privilege so thank you absolutely I mean I I am no victim of of oppression by any means but I understand what it's like to be in a spot in your life where you you have limited options your income is limited by social factors like whether you have a degree or what skill set you have or even more who you know or who you don't know see these are all these you know these factors that that go into whether or not a person can come across an opportunity and so as you mentioned before to the point of you know not really caring that much about someone's cv i don't care if you have a college degree i don't care where you know where you grow up or didn't grow up um it really is about alignment and connection and synergy although i hate it's like so markety but i think i think it's pretty clear um you know the the goal isn't to uphold systems and structures that continually oppress other people I, yes, I feel like we really are kindred spirits because I, I was literally on my um, podcast interview yesterday and I was talking about how, you know, the industry standards doesn't have to be your standards. And we are choosing which industries to uphold by the services we create. And I just feel like this is a big, it's a whole ecosystem, isn't it, all, all together. And I just love how we are so aware now of what good we can truly do just from the decisions that we make and the actions we take. And it starts with the people who, you know, allow your business to move forward. It's, it's you and all of the team members that you've like really brought onto your team that align with everything you do and everything you stand for. Yeah, it's, it's a hundred percent that, and you know, it's, it's also looking at ways to democratize access to, to quality services and products mm -hmm. as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, I've seen in conversations online is people who have these medium to moderate ticket courses, you know, a couple thousand bucks here or there, you know, should we be offering sliding scale options or scholarship options? Um, you know, I don't have a, a, a course out there that I'm marketing, but, you know, when those opportunities come up to serve a client that is really aligned with me that maybe can't afford the top shelf fee, like I'm more than happy to work out something for them that's, mm. you know, akin to that. Because like, I don't believe that good design and good marketing should be behind a garden wall of privilege. You know, there's a lot of people out there who are putting out free and sliding scale stuff that that is, I, I think, trying to empower people. You know, folks like Matt Hall with his, um, he's got a conversion design class that I think is pay what you can or potentially not a lot of cash. Um, stuff like that really, really resonates with me. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's not something that I advertise, um, you know, and I'm, probably not going to talk about it after this because again i'm not looking to be celebrated i don't care but i do care about you know 
the impact that I am capable of delivering for other people. And that clearly shows with this entire conversation today. And Daniel, there's one last question that I'd like to ask you before we start wrapping up. And that is, what mistake did you make in the past when it came to, you know, bringing on somebody onto your team that you really wish that you, it's not that you didn't make it, but what did you wish you knew to handle that situation better that you'd like to share with us today? So this is a little bit more tactical and maybe also a little bit mindset related, but there's two things that I wish I had known maybe two years ago when I first started leveraging other people outside of literally just Daniel to do the work, uh, you know, for copywriting clients. And the one thing is having solid standard operating procedures and setting clear boundaries and expectations for everybody you work with leaky boundaries do not a happy Daniel make. Um, (laughs) And I just learned that through, you know, having too casual a relationship with people at times. And and so that's one mistake that I've made previously that has been solved through, you know, the, the grace of working with smart people like my OBM Erica. Um, The other thing I would say is hiring friends can be kind of dangerous. Yes. Um, it <laughs> depends, right? Cause I still have friends in my business like that, that work with me. Um, but I've also had friends that I brought in who didn't take it seriously and who made me look mm. bad for my clients and, yeah. you know, like endangered things. Not, this hasn't happened in years, but um, I can think of one situation where again, I should have trusted my intuition and I, you know, if I could go back in time, I would not have hired a certain person. Um, you know, so be careful again with with familiarity, because I think that sometimes the familiar can distort that energetic vibe. You know, the energetic vibe of the familiar is often, I think, it's it's got a lot of layers to it. So, you know, if you do work with a friend, like have really, really good communication and good expectations set up on the front end. Uh, because hurt feelings happen and uh, relationships are easily damaged when money and expectations are involved. Absolutely. And if I think in retrospect, I don't, I have hired a friend before and that actually worked really well. But I'm thinking more when, um, when I've hired someone to do, you know, work for my business. So for example, um, I've hired um, an amazing copywriter before. I've hired, hired an amazing brand designer and strategist, and they are two very dear friends of mine. And the biggest thing for us was one: I respected their process first. Um, I told them, "Yes, we are friends, but I'm hiring you for your expertise. I'm hi- I am paying you like for your fees, and because of the payment, there was no." murkiness in our relationship it was it was a professional one that had a very personal spin to it and we are we were able to really bring the best out of each other because I um I remember saying um to one of them so like oh oh how can I thank you you know for all the work that you've done and she was like you don't have to you paid me (laughs) and I was like oh yeah that's true so that was actually a big thing um when when I bring friends onto my team for example I ensure that you know, they are, that they are paid what they are asking for. And um, of course, I, I make sure that it's 
um, that are not being underpaid as well, because that's also very important to me. I want them to be able to feel that they can make a living as well, not just like, oh, I think this price will be okay for me. Okay, like, I never want them to feel that way. And um, yeah, a big part of hiring friends, whether it's onto your team um, or like you're hiring them for your services, like as a contractor, payment's a big thing and also a mutual respect for, for a fellow professional. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, keep it above board at all times. Absolutely. So Daniel, I'm sure this is going to be the first of many conversations on this podcast over, over the coming years, because yeah, I just feel that this conversation can continue in so many different directions, but for the sake of time today, we're going to have this as part one of Daniel. M. <laughs> so for those who would love to really get to know you and to learn more about what you do and just to be in your orbit where can they go to find you yeah so you can find me on instagram uh, at conversion copy design and you can find me on my website over at hollandcreative.io there's a uh, an email list that you can sign up for there there's information about my podcast there so all the things are in those two places and my link tree has all of it too so it's all there <laughs> it's all there and i'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes and actually while we're talking about it um could you tell us a little bit about your podcast as well i am the host of a interview series called ritual and so what we do is we get i get together with really interesting creative people and talk to them about their processes, their routines, and their rituals. And uh, it's a great way to spotlight really cool people doing really cool things and to kind of dig into the creative process and get a little bit off track and have some cool conversations. Yeah, off track, cool conversations are, are the best. So I'll make sure to pop the link in there as well. Is that also on your website? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So I've got three links. We've got your Instagram, got your website, got your um, ritual podcast. So that's wonderful. All righty. So I've got two final questions for you, Daniel. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So number one is what makes you a quiet rebel? What makes me a quiet rebel? Well, I, in human design, I'm a manifesting generator in uh, Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFJ. So anyway, I've never really been one to grandstand or hop up on a soapbox. Uh, I am an introvert who loves to chat with people one-on-one. As we were talking about before, I am very much interested in seeing the old way of doing business and the old way of doing life as a culture die off and birth something a lot more humane. And so uh, I've always been kind of a rebel. I hate rules. <laughs> love that. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And my final question, which is always one of my faves, is um, so for those of you, this is your first time listening to this podcast and you picked a hell of a good episode in, you know, to, to start with, but just in case, um, you are a returning listener, when you hear the sound, that means it's time for a fact of the day. So Daniel, this is what happens. I would love to ask you what is one weird fact or a fun story about you that no one else knows online. Okay. 
I think the <laughs> one that I've never shared with anybody is that I was initiated into a, a little known sect of yoga meditation called Kriya Yoga by uh, a man who passed away a couple of years ago. He was in his 90s, uh, but he was a student of Yogananda, the guy who founded Self-Realization Fellowship and who wrote Autobiography of a Yogi. So I got super interested in yoga and meditation and started studying um, the teachings and ended up getting initiated at a week-long meditation retreat back in 2015. So uh, yeah, love some pranayama, some breath work, some yoga. Um, yeah. And then other than that, uh, I only like to write on graph paper. So that one might be out there already. Okay. Graph paper. <laughs> Even my post-it notes are graph paper. Yep. There we go. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Why is that? <laughs> I need some lines to keep me on track, you know, squares, <laughs> grids. It's, it's good for doodling too. Yes, it is. Um, the amount of doodles I put into my old math books that, you know, is completely made up of graph paper is insane. So I, I get where that comes from. But <laughs> anyway, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on for your first episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast. I'm pretty sure we'll have you back in the future. And yeah, I'll pop all the links again in the show notes for those who would love to connect with you, which I hope you guys do. Um, yeah, so thank you for being an awesome human. Thank you for being an awesome human and thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Very welcome. And so my lovely, there we have it. So everything that we mentioned in today's interview will be popped into the show notes. So be sure to head for that link. And if you haven't done so already, I would so love it if you could subscribe to this podcast because that way you don't miss a single episode and another conscious conversation. And of course, if you feel cool too, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review because that really helps other quiet ripples find us. Ah, oh my goodness. Okay, another great episode. And so I will be back same place, same time next week for another episode of the Quiet Ripples podcast. So until then, my lovely, do take care and bye for now.